Well, welcome to Front Range. My name is Ernest Smith. I'm the lead pastor, and we're so grateful that you guys are with us today, uh, whether you're here in person or you're joining us online. And our hope and prayer is that this will become a home for you, a place where you can build community, discover your purpose, and grow in your faith in Jesus. Uh, and I want to let you know about something that's happening in a few weeks. Uh, on Mother's Day, in fact, what we call Ladies' Day, because we want to celebrate every lady uh, in our church on that day. And uh, we, we throw kind of a big party, and there'll be some giveaways and uh, different things like that. It's going to be a fun day. But also, just so everybody's aware, we are going to be going down to two services uh, that day. Now, I know if you've been coming for a while, you're like, man, like this room's full, the 8.30 is full, the 11.30 is full. Why are we going down to two? Uh, because one, we're going to be opening up our uh, courtyard experience. So if you like sitting outside, uh, even some people uh, last service brought their, their lawn chairs because they thought it was open yet, but we're going to open it up on Mother's Day. Uh, and we've, um, it's going to be a really cool experience. We've added some things uh, to make it um, feel a little bit more like maybe you would feel in here. Uh, so if you, uh, if you like being more outside or if you're like my wife and you just want the sun to be on you at all times, uh, then that is going to be uh, the experience for you. And uh, we're excited uh, about that, about what God is doing in this place. Uh, today we are finishing up a series called Who Is This Man? Where we're looking at the seven I Am statements of Jesus an I am statement is this. It's when Jesus says, I am, uh, and then he finishes it off with something. Like week one was, I am the resurrection and the life, uh, or I am the way, the truth, and the life. And when he says, I am, he's saying, I'm fully man and fully God. You see, back in the, the Hebrew scriptures, in the Old Testament, uh, God gave, gives himself a name. They're like, who are you, God? And he says, I am the great I am. And so that's the title he gives himself. So nobody, uh, especially in Jewish culture, would have said the term I am because they would have been equating themselves to God. So when Jesus says I am, he's saying I am God. And then he finishes it with something, with some, some way for us to understand how God impacts our lives. And uh, today we're going to be looking at uh, our last statement of the seven I am statements. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 8. If you don't have a Bible, no worries. It's going to be on the screen. Um, and I got to set it up for you because Jesus is incredibly calculative uh, when, he's, uh, when he says certain things and does certain things. And so to understand this I am statement, we have to understand the context in which he says it. In John chapter 7, we see Jesus uh, going to one of the, the Jewish feasts at this time. It was the Feast of the Tabernacles. Now, the Jewish people, they have annual feasts. Uh, and they start, the very first one starts at Passover, which happens right before Easter. So it just happened. Uh, and then for a period of about six months, they have multiple feasts. And all their feasts, all their celebrations are celebrating God and what he's done for them in some capacity. Uh, the very last celebration is the Feast of the Tabernacles, or what they called just simply the Feast. Now, the Feast of the Tabernacles, that was to celebrate God's provision. When they were wandering in the desert for, for, uh, for 40 years and not knowing if they would get to the Promised Land and all of that, God provided for them. He brought um, bread from, from heaven. He gave them water in the midst of a desert. I mean, he provided in a lot of ways. And so this feast, it celebrated kind of two things. One, God's provision. And then also celebrated the fact that God was guiding them. Uh, and so it celebrated water and food, and it celebrated light. Uh, and at the end of John chapter 7, Jesus says, All who come to me will never thirst again. In fact, if you come to me, you'll have streams of living water flowing through you. And the people are like, whoa, what are you saying here, Jesus? Like, we don't say things like that. So some people start saying, well, maybe he's demon-possessed. 
uh, or maybe he's, you know, he's just a sinner and he's just kind of out of his mind right now. Some were saying maybe he's the Messiah. Maybe he actually is God because he's saying that. And then he goes into another statement about light that is our, our seventh I am statement. He says this, John chapter 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, this was an important time when he said this. He probably said this on the last day of, uh, of the celebration. They would celebrate for seven days. On the eighth day, they would have this, this huge festival. And, and every night, but especially on the last night, they would, they would light up these four huge lamps in the temple, one of the temple courts. The temple is kind of like their church, and they would have different uh, areas of the temple called courts. And in one of the courts, they would light up these huge lamps. And then people, some guys, would, would dance around the city uh, holding on to torches. And eyewitnesses would, would say that they could see the city of Jerusalem aglow from miles and miles away. So during the celebration at nighttime, the people would look toward Jerusalem, and they, it would be like this huge glow coming from it, this, this big light. And Jesus is saying, hey, I know that you celebrate this light and all, but I am the light. And I'm not just the light of Jerusalem. I'm not just the light of Israel. I am the light of the world. People must be thinking, hold on, we don't fully understand that. How can you be the light of the world and what does light do? Let me kind of give you two things that light does, two things that Jesus does in our lives. Number one, light reveals the truth. Light reveals the truth. Have you ever walked into a room that was dark, but you knew mentally what it was supposed to look like, but then when you walked into it, it didn't look like that anymore? Now, I know you might be thinking, what are you talking about? And if you're thinking that, then you don't have kids, right? Like kids with like Legos, and just junk that they put everywhere, right? I remember one time I was, I was coming downstairs one night and I needed some, some water and uh, it was around midnight. I'm like, I'm not turning on the lights because if I turn on the lights, I'm going to wake up and la, 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 la. So I just, I know my living room. Like I just have to walk through my living room. There's nothing there. What I didn't know is that my son had gotten a scooter out from the garage and put it right in the walkway. So my foot hit it, my toe turned sideways, literally had to pop it back in. It was awesome. And I was just praising the Lord for him in that moment. Praising the Lord for scooters, you know, all of that. No, not at all. But that's what happens when you walk into a room that is dark and you expect it to be a certain way. I, I took a couple pictures this week of, of my garage. Here's the first picture of my garage. Uh, and that there's a little bit of light coming through the garage door. Now, when you look at that, you're like, man, you got a clean garage. I mean, that garage looks amazing. And now this is what my garage actually looks like. <laughs> My wife doesn't know I took that, so I'm in such trouble after next service when she sees it. Uh, yeah, so that's what happens with light. Light reveals the truth, right? Like when you step into a dark room, you're not sure what it looks like, or you think maybe, maybe it's cleared out, or maybe it's good, or whatever, but then the light turns on, you're like, whoa, that's not what I was expecting. And here's the reality. The enemy of your soul, which you have an enemy, his name is Satan, and the enemy of your soul wants the darkness to surround your life at all times. He wants you to live your life with the lights turned off. Because if he can do that, then, then you'll think, I'm okay. Like, I'm not that bad. I'm kind of a good person. I do some good things from time to time. I give to charity every once in a while. I'm not that bad of a person. If he can keep the light switch off, then the truth is never revealed. I remember when I first accepted Christ and 
Uh, for me, you know, I, at that time in my life, man, I was, I was in a lot of darkness. And I knew some of the things that I was going through were not good things, but uh, for most of my life, I thought, well, I'm a pretty good person. Like at that time, I mean, I was in honors and AP classes. I was the captain of my team and had the girlfriends. I had everything and at that time of life that like, if you had these things, you should be happy. And the light was just turned off. And the only way to get the light turned on in your life is to receive Christ, is to invite Jesus into your life. So once I did that, then, then my life began to be illuminated. However, it wasn't illuminated like you might think it is. Let me, let me, let's do something. Let's turn down the lights here. And uh, when Jesus comes into our lives, we many times might think, well, man, if he does that, then he's going to shine this, you know, this big light right here. But that's, oh, sorry. Let's go back to that one. Ah! No seizures, please. So a lot of times we think maybe that's how the light is going to be. And I, as I saw, you couldn't see each other's reactions, but so many of you, you closed your eyes and you went backwards. And we think, man, I, that light is way too bright. But Jesus doesn't come in like that. Jesus comes in more like this. And he goes over here and he looks at this area of our life. And he says, you see this right here? This was darkness. But I'm going to light it up because I need to reveal the truth to you. You thought you were fine, but you're not fine. And then once we're done over here, okay, now let's go over here and let's, let's look at this truth. And there's some bitterness going on. There's some unforgiveness. I know you thought you dealt with that relationship. I know you thought you dealt with your, your, your parents and all, but you, you haven't. It's still there. And, oh, man, okay, let's come back. Let's go right here in this little dark corner right here. There's, there's some sin in your life. You think, man, it's not that bad. At least it's not like I used to be. Yeah, but it's, there's still darkness. And this is the way that Jesus responds to you and I. Let's turn the lights back on if you don't mind. You see, if Jesus used that first flashlight that I used, we would be like, you guys were in here. We'd be like, whoa, that's too much. Like, you can't reveal all of my stuff right now. You can't reveal all the darkness in my life right now. Like, when I came to faith in Jesus, it was pretty clear early on for me, like, some of the big things that needed to change. Like, I can't get drunk every night. I can't be doing these drugs. I can't be doing these. I knew, like, some of the big things, like, those weren't good. But then once God took care of those things, and he's like, and now why don't you look over here? Like, you still haven't forgiven your dad. You still have some bitterness. You got some major anger over here. Hey, let's deal with this sin over here. Hey, let's deal with this relationship over here. And he didn't use a floodlight to do it. He's always used a little small flashlight. And isn't that how we want him to treat us? Like, don't we want him to be gentle? Don't we want him to, to, to help us process what we're dealing with and what we're going through? We want that for ourselves. But for other people, we want them to use the floodlight. Like, I can't believe that person is still dealing with that right there. I can't believe, like, I've been a follower of Christ less than they have, and they have these issues. Like, why wouldn't they just get over these issues? And we think that God should shine this floodlight into them when we should be thinking maybe God just hasn't taken a flashlight to that area. Maybe God just hasn't exposed that darkness to them at this point in their lives. I mean, you might be looking at me and going, well, Ernest, why do you still do this? Or why do you do that? I don't do that. I, am I a better Christian than you? Maybe. But the reality is maybe God just hasn't shown light in that darkness of my heart. You see, the light always reveals the truth. Always. And it will reveal the truth of your heart. It will reveal, reveal the truth of your thoughts. It will reveal the truth of your relationships. 
And so my challenge to you is to say, hey, God, I, I need you to search me. I need you to search me. But Ernest, I've been a follower of Christ for 50 years. Ernest, I've been a follower of Christ for 20 years. Ernest, I've been a follower of Christ for five years. I'm pretty good. I'm a really good person. And yet, there's still darkness in all of us. And that darkness wants to reveal the truth. I mean, that that light wants to come into the darkness and reveal the truth of the darkness that is still so hidden inside of all of our hearts. There's like little corners that that we don't even know about that God's going, but I'm going to shine a flashlight right there. Not only does he reveal the truth about our own hearts, but he reveals the truth about our situation. Like my guess is there's many of us in this room, there's many of us watching online that if we're going to be real honest, man, we need some wisdom from God about something in our lives. Like maybe there's something going on, maybe there's a, a relationship, maybe there's something with your spouse, something with your kids, or something at work, or whatever, where you're going, man, I could really use a little bit of wisdom, God. And God says, my light will reveal the truth. It will guide your path, the Bible says. So he can do that. But the only way to have light in your life is to run to the light of the world, which is Jesus. That's the only way for you and I to have true light, to to know more about who God's created us to be and what's going on inside of us, and to know more about the situation and the direction God wants us to walk, is to spend more time with the light of the world, with Jesus. Why? Because light reveals truth. He says, I am the light of the world. The second thing about light is that light, the light in me, extinguishes the darkness around me. Now, I'm going to say that again because I think this is a really important point, especially with where we are right now in our culture, with our country, with the world. The light in me extinguishes the darkness around me. Now, if I ask you to raise your hand, if you think there's darkness in this world, every one of us would raise our hands. Right? Like you can't turn on a, uh, the news. You can't you know, turn, turn on some app. You can't even go on social media without seeing the darkness all around us. There's so much darkness. And here's the reality. So many people are waiting for somebody else to go to the back of the room to turn the light switch on. We're waiting for some politician. We're waiting for some legislation. We're waiting for something. Can somebody do something somewhere to turn some light on so that these things stop happening? And yet the only way that darkness is extinguished is by the light. And you are the light. Once you've accepted Christ in your life, then... That light of the world, Jesus, now rests in you, and now you are the light to the world. I love what it says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. It says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. that They may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Our world is longing for you and I to let our light shine. The world is longing for for us to to do good deeds so that they go, hey, I want to be like that. Hey, I I want that type of peace. Hey, I want that type of hope. Hey, I want that type of response. The world is longing for us to do good things so they can then bring glory to our Father in heaven. You see, the only way for the darkness to be snuffed out is not by more darkness, not by laws, but by you and I being a light, by us being a light. As a church, man, we've, we've said our, our vision statement says we want to be a church that courageously we're the first ones to run into the darkness. 
And like, we don't run away from it. You see, light is never afraid of darkness. Darkness is always afraid of light. The darkness in this world should be afraid of you. It should be afraid of you because of the light that you have inside of you. Not because you're such a good person, not because I do such good things in my life, but because Jesus has saved me. And if Jesus saved me, I have the light in me. Now the darkness is actually scared of me. So the darkness wants to sideline me. The darkness wants to shut me up. The darkness wants to stop me. But the darkness is actually scared of me. So all I got to do is walk. That's all I have to do. Stop being scared. Stop running away. One of the things that, man, honestly, I'm going to be real honest. This is going to upset some people. One of the things that hurts my heart as a pastor is when I hear people in our church say, hey, you know what? It's too dark here. And so we're going to move. We're moving to wherever. Usually it's a southern state. I get it. I like sweet tea. (laughs) But honestly, I'm not trying to shame anybody or anything like that, but that hurts my heart to hear somebody saying, we're moving because it's too dark here. Because I think, yes, okay, there's darkness here for sure. But how do we light up the darkness? It's not by the light running away. It's not by the light moving away. It's not by going to some other place that has a little bit more light so we're a little bit happier. Guess what? The darkness will surround every city in this nation until the light of the world, until the church rises up and does its thing. Until we actually step out in darkness and say, no, not on my watch. Not on my watch. I will be the light of the world. I love this quote by Charles Spurgeon. He's a great theologian. He says this, the Bible is not the light of the world. The Bible is not the light of the world. It is the light of the church. But the world does not read the Bible. The world reads Christians. You are the light of the world. Never once have I talked to an atheist, an agnostic, somebody of another religion that said, you know what, I read the Bible, and man, that thing was terrible. Like, I just, I cannot believe in this Jesus guy because of that Bible. But I've talked to so many who have said, you know what, if you're Jesus... Is anything like this Christian that I knew? I'm good. And I'm like, but there, he's not. He's not. Like, because we're all sinners, man. We're all messed up. I'm not saying as you step into darkness that you're never going to sin, that you're never going to do something that, that, that God isn't glorified by. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is that as believers, we have to courageously walk into it and not be afraid of it. So for you, what... What can your next step be today? Let me give you kind of two next steps that I want to challenge all of us to take. The first one is this. I want you to pray for the light to expose any darkness in your light, in your life. Pray that, 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 that the light would expose any darkness. God, search my heart. Know me. See if there's any anxious thought in me. See if there's any sin in me. If there's anything that is displeasing to you, find it, God, reveal it to me. And I promise, whether you've been walking with Jesus for 50 years or you've been walking with Jesus since Easter, God will show you something. God will reveal something to you because all of us have, have little corners that are still dark that God's going, oh, I'm going to light that up, but I need you to work on it. Here's the deal. If you pray that prayer, guess what? Other people are going to be a part of answering it. Like it might be while you're driving. It might be your spouse. Don't get mad at them. God's just simply answering your prayer to to reveal the darkness that's inside of you. And so pray that prayer. Because you and I, in order for us to be the light that walks into the darkness, we need the light to speak to us first. We need the light to do its work 
in us first. And the second thing I want to challenge you to do is ask, God, where am I called to be a light? Where am I called to be a light? Here's the beauty. Where you're called to be a light is not where I'm called to be a light. And where I'm called to be a light is not where you're called to be a light. Like we're not supposed to be like this little Christian huddle that we just go from place to place to place. And we just light up each other's lives. No, we're called to go into the darkness. And so God has put you in the neighborhood that you're in or the apartment complex that you're in because he wants you to be a light there. God has placed you in, in your workplace uh, or at your school because he wants you to be a light in that place. God has brought you before certain baristas and certain servers and you like certain restaurants and all of that because God is trying to direct you to certain individuals to be a light in their life. Well, Ernest, you don't know my situation. I, I can't just show up at work and start preaching. I'm not talking about that. If you start praying, God, where am I supposed to be a light? Then God will work out how you're to live out that light. It might be by a kind word. It might be explaining, man, how you're responding to certain situations that are going on in your life. You might actually get an opportunity to say, hey, I'll pray for you about that. I play basketball with a bunch of dudes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and most of the guys don't go to church anywhere, and it's kind of my, one of my spaces that I get to be a light. One of the guys this past week hurt himself real bad, and so he responded on this thread that we have. He said, oh, I hurt myself. This is what's going on. I'm out for like ever because uh, we're all a bunch of old dudes, and you get hurt, and you're just done. <laughs> and so in the midst of that, there's a couple of us believers, and I'm like, okay, how am I going to respond? And I just put it out there. Hey, buddy, I want to let you know I'm praying for you. Most of these guys don't know I'm a pastor yet. But hey, man, I'm praying for you. That's just one simple step for me to be a light in the midst of the darkness. What can you do to be the light to somebody else? Let me f close with this quote from a Christian author. He says this, we Christian writers must paint evil with the blackest of brushes, not to sow fear, but to call out the monsters to be scattered by our light. Now listen to this. If Satan cloaks himself as an angel of white, intent on deceiving the world, any attempt on our parts to minimize evil is only complicit with his strategy. Turn to the light. Don't fear the shadows it creates. If you've asked Christ into your life, now you are called to be the light of the world. And as you are the light of the world, there is no darkness that you should be afraid of. Walk into it and don't be scared of the shadows. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and I thank you for your word. I thank you so much, God, that, that we get to leave this, this last I am statement to the very end to talk about, God, what we're called to do. I got up until this point, you've, you've transformed so many of us, God. You brought so many people to faith in the last four weeks and, and you've challenged so many of us to live different lives. And yet right now with this one particular topic, God, you're now calling us, challenging us, exhorting us to not only allow the light to expose the darkness inside of us, but God, may we be a light that extinguishes the darkness around us. And Father, I know there are some of us, just like last service, just like every time we ask this question, God, there are some of us that walk into this place today that, that we came in here, if we're being real honest, we say, man, Ernest, I've been walking through some darkness. And maybe it's your whole life feels that way right now. Maybe there feels like there's very little hope and 
Maybe there's some pain going on or whatever you're dealing with and there's a bunch of unknowns and you walked in here and you're not even sure why you're here. Maybe you come every week and you're just like, God, where are you? And if you need that light of Christ today, then I'm going to ask you to actually acknowledge that by raising your hand. So if you came into this place, you'd say, you know what? I need the light of Jesus. I need the light of the world in me. Maybe it's a first-time commitment to Christ. Maybe it's a recommitment to Christ. Or maybe there's a situation that you're in right now that just feels very dark. You're like, man, I need some Jesus. I need to commit this over to him in this moment. That's you with every head bowed and eyes closed. If you'd say, I want to commit my life or recommit my life, or I, want to, I need to give this area of darkness over to him, I just want you to raise a hand. I don't know who I'm praying for. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in our midst. If you're watching online, you can simply text the word follow to the number on the screen, acknowledging where you're at. But I want you to know that God sees your situation, that God sees you. He knows you by name. He knows your heart. He knows what you've been walking through. And you haven't been alone, even if you felt it. You haven't been alone. And so, Father, we ask you right now to light up our lives. For those of us who are walking in a time of hopelessness or despair, pain, unforgiveness, bitterness. God, for those of us who are just like, man, I need some help with this area of my life, God. We ask you to light it up. God, reveal to us what we need to do differently, but also reveal to us the steps that we need to take. And then, God, for all of us that call ourselves followers of you, Father, I pray that, God, as we ask this question, where have you called me to be a light? As you reveal that to us, Father, that we would boldly step forward and be the light of you. Not the light of a political party, not the light of social justice issues, the light of Jesus who speaks to all of that and wants to get rid of darkness all around us. God, help us to be your light in this dark world. Help us not to be afraid of the shadows. It's in Jesus' name.